Good morning. I love these videos because we start off every single sermon every summer throughout the series called Epic Poetry, just reading the word together and letting Mike read that over us as we're about to have our time, and it's so cool. And particular today's psalm as we look at it, it's just cool to see the creation that Mike was standing in and the big, beautiful hills and the river in the background seems so serene. And I almost wish we could just go there and do this. Um, kind of makes sense why Jesus would do that, right? Find the beautiful spots, I would think. Uh, anyway, good morning. My name is Joel Farber, and I have the privilege of serving Friendship Church as worship pastor, and I love doing it every single day. It's so fun, and uh, I'm just so blessed to have the opportunity. Uh, today, I'm particularly excited about the message because we're in this sermon series called Epic Poetry, and we're looking at a bunch of different psalms throughout the summer. And if you've ever uh, dive, or dove in, dive in, divid, uh, if you've ever dived into the book of Psalms, usually you'll see as a little heading before you read your psalm, like uh, psalm number, whatever, you know, a, a psalm of David, uh, sung to the guitar, or sung to the lyre, or sung to the harp, or whatever. Many psalms were written to be songs. And so that's pretty cool, pretty unique, and I just love that opportunity this summer. We've been singing some psalms already uh, this summer. A couple of weeks ago, we sang one called Create in Me a Clean Heart that came out of Psalm 51. And in like fashion, today we're going to sing a psalm out of Psalm 8, which we're going to be diving into. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and pull open your Bibles, turn to Psalm 8, get ready if you'd like to follow along that way. And as you do... I want to pause briefly before we go much further because I want to give us an opportunity to examine our hearts before the Lord. In fact, throughout the rest of today's service, we're going to have a few more opportunities to look within and to reflect on our hearts, to renew our hearts before the Lord, and even some extra time praising Him today. As Pastor Matt and Pastor Kenny were Digging into this sermon series, they designated Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12 as the theme verse. And uh, let's read it together. It says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is my greatest desire that you would renew my heart every single day. That as I begin each day that I would look to you and be renewed that I would be overcome with the joy of your salvation. Let your joy overflow in me that others might see and be drawn to you, but not by my works, but by the work of your Holy Spirit, Father. Jesus, I pray this for me. I pray this for my family. And Father, we pray this for everyone here at Friendship Church. Please work in our hearts today as we Seek your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So diving in to Psalm 8, let's look at a brief overview. 
This psalm was written by King David. It's a Davidic psalm. Not only that, you'll see as we get into uh, verse 3 and on of this psalm, it's a creation hymn. has ties to Genesis 1. It's also a hymn of praise. Uh, King David started and ended the psalm in verse 1 and verse 9, praising God. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So we're going to see that. But also this psalm is going to point us to a couple different areas. One is going to point us to God's place in our lives. It points to our place, our role here on earth. It points to Jesus' place in our life. And because of all those things, it points us to our response as followers of Jesus. So Psalm 8, verse 1, starts with David just praising the Lord. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. God, in his greatness, in his glory, fills all of creation. Yet, God is still distinguished from his creation and that he is transcendent. He's above all things, but God is also imminent, meaning he's present, he's within us, he draws near. And we can find many reasons. There are many reasons to praise God each and every day. And for this reason alone, God deserves all praise, that he just isn't above all creation, but that he cares enough about you and me and man to draw near to us. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 8, verses 3 through 8, will sound familiar to you if you're familiar with Genesis 1 and the story of creation when God created the world. Verse 3 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. This portion of Psalm 8 points us to two unique understandings of, uh, of Scripture. And the first it points us to is God's intention for mankind or for human beings here on earth. Verse 4 asks the question, What is man that you would be mindful of him? We can often feel pretty small in comparison to God and his greatness and all of his uh, creation, the vastness of it, right? Think about really tall mountains standing at the base of a mountain. Or think about the, standing at the peak of a huge valley and you're looking down and you just see all these trees and maybe a nice river flowing through it. Think about standing in a wide open field looking at a big blue sky. And how small you actually are in comparison to those things that God created. Honestly, whenever I think about those types of things and God's creation and how he created the universe, I start to feel very small. And seriously, I start to think, who am I? Who am I 
to have any standing before God. And most of the time, it reminds me, not always, but most, it reminds me that there's this thing called humility and that we're called to be humble before the Lord. Because seeing his greatness and seeing the vastness of his creation shouldn't cause us to self-depreciate, but it should point us and calibrate our hearts with the proper respect for God and a proper fear of him. In fact, what we've read so far in the psalm, it only reaffirms what we learn in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. If you're familiar with the creation story, this is where God has already created the light. He created the stars. He created the seas. He created the big fishies. He created all the animals. And then it picks up in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What do we see here? We see that God intends for man to be above all things of earth, right? But we also see that man was the last thing that God created and is almost as if it's the pinnacle of God's creation and made after God's own image and in his likeness. How cool is that? But that doesn't mean that we get to puff out our chests and pride towards the rest of creation because of our place on earth. But it means we get to say, because we have mouths and we can say this, I am God's creation and he loves me. As I was preparing for today's message, I began to ask myself over and over again the same question that we see in Psalm 8, 4. What is man that God would be mindful of him? Who am I? Again, this small dude that literally, that God would be mindful of me. And as I sat and pondered that very question, I felt this certain peace surround me. And I believe that God's care for man is shown in that we were made in his image and that He knows us. Psalm 139, it paints this really beautiful picture of just how much God knows us. God knows when we sit down. He knows when we get up. He knows what we're thinking. He even knows what we want to say, even if we don't say it. He knew us before we were born. He knew us in our mama's tummy. At the very beginning of the world, God knew you. When he was throwing stars in the sky and dropping big, huge whales in the ocean, God knew that we would be here today talking about this together. God is omniscient 
means he knows everything. And God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. God is so big that I, and I'm sure you can relate, have a tough time comprehending just how big he actually is. But yet, God still draws near to us and to those who call upon his name. I want us to take a moment here this morning, quieting ourselves before the Lord. During this this time, I want to encourage you to meditate on the words of Psalm 8, maybe turn to Psalm 139, or even you can just simply close your eyes and sit there and begin to meditate on the words of the song that you're about to hear. Maybe this morning you're feeling like God is far away. Maybe in his bigness you feel like he's unattainable, unreachable. Maybe you need to remind yourself because of that that God draws near. Maybe you've grown lukewarm in your faith. Maybe you're struggling to believe even. Maybe you need to open your hands and give control of your life back to the Lord and let him be Lord over your life. So during this time, you're free to read that scripture, Psalm 8, 139, or just sit back and close your eyes and meditate on these words.
still you know me God knows every detail of your life. Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, God knows it. And we are so fortunate to serve a God who is mindful of us, who cares about us, who wants to know us. So Psalm 8 points us to that. It points us to Genesis 1 and God's intention for mankind. Secondly, it points us to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 6 through 9, wherein the author of Hebrews quotes some of what we've already gone over this morning. It says, verse 6, It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Psalm 8 points us to Jesus' place 
in our life. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels. Jesus gave up his throne in heaven to come down to earth to live among us. And ultimately to suffer this gruesome death on a cross, all to fulfill God's plan for redemption. Jesus tasted death so that we do not have to. And I know that we hear this verse often enough in church, but it's that important. Romans 6.23 says what? Let's read it together. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mankind might be the pinnacle of God's creation, but unfortunately, mankind is still pretty sinful. And Romans 6.23 and Hebrews 2.9 are telling us that the due payment for that sin is death, but that Jesus made that payment for us. How cool is that? Jesus and his place in our life is Savior. It's Redeemer. He's our King. He's our Lord. And he's full of mercy. Jesus is rich in love. Jesus is Messiah. He is death defeater. Jesus is our risen Savior because you know that he didn't just die on a cross or just didn't taste death, but that he defeated it and resurrected three days later. He's our risen Savior. And he deserves all our praise. And because all of this, our proper response is seen in the ending of Psalm 8. David started by saying, wow, I didn't start crying first service. Man, the Lord's moving to me today. Um, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. And then he wraps up Psalm 8. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So we praise him. We'll get to communion in a few moments this morning, but for now, as a church, let's take a couple moments just to praise him for everything and anything that he has done in our lives.
again, just our voices. And how great is our God. Sing with me how continue on this morning. We're going to transition to a time of communion, and if you've been here, you know there's tables, but if you haven't, we have tables with communion elements around the room, and if you know and you love Jesus and he's the Lord of your life, you're welcome to partake in communion with us. We're going to sing a song called Psalm 8, How Majestic Is Your Name, and as we sing this song, uh, you are welcome to get communion when you're ready, bring it back to your seats. And uh, we'll take communion together in a few moments.